This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone and welcome to a very special edition of the Blood Red podcast as we react and delve into the final of an incredible tournament with a massive Merseyside interest in the final of the African Cup of Nations. Mm-hmm. Sadio Mane predicted it himself before the tournament and now he will face Red's teammate Mohamed Salah in the final when Senegal will take on Egypt. Well, we've certainly got a lot to get into and joining myself, Patrick Smith, is sports journalist, broadcaster and African football expert, Sean Asimbo. Sean, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Excited to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, well, let's get straight into it. This is a game Liverpool fans will be eagerly anticipating, I'm mm. sure. What can they expect in the final between Senegal and Egypt? Yeah, it's amazing. First of all, even the Liverpool fans in Africa are celebrating about this. Um, the top two biggest English Premier League stars facing each other for the first time. This is the first time they're meeting uh, being against each other on the international level. So I know everyone uh, is definitely looking forward to that. And uh, it's very exciting, even the journey, how they got there, how they've been very massive for their clubs. And at the end of the day, um, Egypt, uh, as people know, Egypt are already seven-time uh, African champions and Senegal are seeking uh, their first AFCON title. So that is what everyone is looking forward to. Everyone is expecting so much uh, to happen on Sunday. And just Mane and Salah have driven the whole excitement about the tournament up. Yeah, you mentioned that Egypt have a pretty dominant record in AFCON, don't they? But Senegal are chasing their first title and we'll start with them. Sadio Mane, of course, their absolute talisman. They were finalists in 2019, I believe, and they've again, you know, stormed to the final. How impressive have this Senegal side been? Yeah, first to just first start it off, I was actually in the stadium uh, in Egypt in 2019 uh, when they were disappointed by Algeria. Uh, one, it was very sad to just see Mane just being sad and and the whole Senegalese team and their coach Ali say it was very heartbreaking for them. Uh, but you know, two and a half years two and a half years later to storm again into the final is not an easy feat. Uh, but they have done it so well. First of all, they they topped uh, the group they were in, which was Group B. That was the same group uh, with Guinea, uh, that is Navigator's national team. And also they they have been very impressive. They have not gone into extra time. That We'll talk about that when we get to the Egypt side. They haven't played extra time. They are, when, when In the semis, it was straight up 3-1 against Burkina Faso. Uh, in the quarterfinals, it was again 3-1 against Equatorial Guinea, uh, the round of 16-2-0 against Cape Verde. So you can see how, how impressive they have been so far. They are serious. Uh, they, 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 were, they didn't buckle under pressure. And I think from that disappointment in 2019, they're here to prove a point. And let's see if they can prove that point on Sunday. Uh, but so far, they have had an impressive fit from the group stage all the way uh, to the final. Yeah, they've absolutely smashed it, haven't they? And especially in the group stage, they didn't have Mendy and Kula Bali because mm-hmm. they were both out with COVID for the first couple of games, I believe. So really impressive for them. But what about Mane himself? How's his tournament gone? I think Mane, Mane is AFCON. When, when you see Mane, you know the AFCON is here. The same thing with Salah. Uh, Mane has been very, very phenomenal for this team, especially in the knockout stages. And that is where it matters the most. And, you know, having scored two goals, set up also goals uh, in the quarterfinal and semifinal, you can see his work rate, the way he can drop all the way into the defence and still push it forward, uh, going to net for, for the Taranga Lions. So Mane has very uh, been that and also just scoring in the semifinal, you know, 
everyone was like, he fired them straight into the final, just shows you how much he wants to win this trophy. Remember, this trophy means so much to both Mane and Salah. And despite being teammates in Liverpool, this one, they are going serious. You can see how both of them have talked about it passionately, how both of them uh, want to win. You know, without Mane, I think there would have been a hole in, in the Teranga Alliance that is Senegal, but you can see his work rate and everyone is appreciating that. Even, you know, with that stellar performance against him with Equatorial Guinea, that semi-final match also against the Bukinabe, how he sets up everyone, how he, he works all over. You can see what he has done uh, for the team. And that is, I think, what everyone is excited about to see in the final, if he will continue living up to his performance. Yeah, he's an absolute talisman. I love that quote that Mane is AFCON. He just puts a smile on your face, doesn't he? But yeah. as for Egypt, they've yeah. had a bit of a rockier route to the final, mm. haven't they? They've had a couple of penalty shootouts and they've not looked brilliant at times, have they? Mm -hmm. and, and, and also, I think that's the reason why they were asking for the final to be moved to Monday, because they haven't had luck so far in this. Okay, they, they have been progressing, but they have been progressing under very, very tough conditions. You know, the mm -hmm. penalty shootout against Cote d'Ivoire, I know Salah, you know, um, uh, scored the winning penalty. Um, and then they went to, so they have gone into extra time three times. That is against Cote d'Ivoire, against Morocco, where they won after, you know, half an hour into the, mm -hmm. into the extra time. And also going against, um, that is now from the semi-final all the way to the finals. Again, they had to go against the host Cameroon with the penalties. So you can imagine how how tired uh, the team is with, with all the work they have had to put in. But you, as you have discovered, when it comes to penalties, Egypt, Egypt have a very, very good record and they take their penalties very seriously. And you saw that against host Cameroon, they were very stunned. And the goalkeeper, the Egyptian goalkeeper really stepped up and really saved them once again and, and helped them advance to, to the final. But that's why they are asking for an extra day, but they've been told, no, this is football, this is life. The set dates are the ones that have been that. And also you saw in the group stage, they lost um, to Nigeria and they mm -hmm. uh, they went through as the second team uh, from that group, that, that same group, uh, that is when they were in Nigeria. Of course, Nigeria went ahead and they didn't perform that well. But uh, Egypt have been hanging on have been barely hanging on, but they have also had luck on their side. You saw in the semi-final, their coach was sent off. They, nearly the whole technical bench was sent off into the stands. They're going to the final without the coach being, you know, on the bench right there. It's a whole lot going on uh, with the Egyptian team. But all in all, I think with the leadership of Salah, you can see how they're still together. He's still, despite the pressure, even when he missed in the semi-final, you could see how frustrated he is. He actually pinched a bit of the tough uh, just to show how frustrated. That's how much he wanted to score uh, for his team. So that leadership part is what I applaud Salah for. And you can tell he's really trying his best to keep the team together despite everything. Even in the semi-final, as you saw against the host Cameroon, um, if we were to go with the chances created, Cameroon deserved to actually go into the final. But you can see how their defense was, you know, he was, you know, telling the defense, you know, keep it together. The defense were doing their best. And also just for them to hold on despite the fatigue, to hold on, you know, extra time all the way to penalties and then uh, take that final spot is is quite, is quite that, that's football sometimes. That's, that's just football. Sometimes it's luck, sometimes, you know, but a good job so far from, from Salah when it comes to the leadership part. Yeah, it was amazing. It's one of the rockiest routes to a final I think I've ever yeah. seen, especially that yeah. game against Cameroon, the hosts, mm -hmm. probably the favourites for the trophy, you know, being the host playing so well. 
after two games going to extra time. I don't know how Egypt managed to hold them, but they did. And that could be down to their talisman the Salah. They're the, masters, they're the masters of not buckling under pressure. <laughs> well, of course, their talisman <laughs> yeah. Salah, how important yeah. is he going to be if they're going to win the final as well? Because, you know, Senegal are a team packed mm -hmm. full of stars. It's going to basically mm -hmm. all mount on Salah, isn't it? Yeah. And first, uh, what I just want to say, uh, he made his international debut for the Faroes in 2011, and he has always, always made it clear how much he wants to win the AFCON, how much uh, the AFCON means to him, and he really wants mm -hmm. that. I remember some years ago before uh, Liverpool, I'm a Liverpool fan, before Liverpool uh, won the Champions League and he was asked, uh, you know, what you'd prefer, the Premier League and the Champions League. And he was, he was like, okay, both are good. I want to win both. But the Champions League was really close to his heart. And you saw how he went hard when, the, when Liverpool won the Champions League uh, back in the day. And now I, I, when he talks about the AFCON, I get and have the same feeling that he wants it so bad. He has been working. He has been helping this team. You can see, especially that assist to Trezeguet. That was amazing. That was mm -hmm. beautiful. Um you can see how how he wants it so bad on the pitch when he misses a chance you can see the frustration in his eyes and that's what afcon means to him so and um you know it will be the second of course Af afcon final appearance for him uh, that is after being beaten you know by cameroon that that i love i love african football for this stats uh by after being beaten in cameroon by cameroon in 2017 by libreville so they were also proving a point to the semi-final that just passed and now again they are here in the final now with senegal uh, uh, the two, as I said, Salah and Mane meeting each other for the first time on international level. Uh, they will meet each other again. That I, I know. I don't know if people know that they will meet each other again after a few weeks. That is in March 2023. That is the World Cup uh, qualifying playoffs. So it's it's good to see. So I'm trying to see will one walk away as the African Cup of champion and then one get a spot in the World Cup? Will it, will it be the same mm. national team? It's very it's very exciting uh, when you think about all the the statistics and everything behind this match. It's just something to look forward to and very exciting, yes. But Salah has been quite the leader. For me, it's the leadership style for Salah. You would see even how he was trying to calm down uh, the coach, you know, when everything just went left in the Cameroon match. It was just oh, it was just drama the whole time. Uh, you know, the ref, when he was sending the technical bench, you could see him talk to the ref and then goes back. He's like trying to signal the coach, just calm down because he knows he Salah plays in the Premier League. The Premier League is pressure day in, day out. So he understands what such a thing, like, you know, the coach being sent to the stand can do to the whole team. And they had to hold it in there. So that's why, that's one thing I've been saying about Salah, that his leadership skills are top-notch. And I like how he was really trying to calm everything down and to make everyone focus despite, because it's so easy to lose focus, especially when the main person who's supposed to lead you is going crazy <laughs> on the pitch line, he's being sent off. It's very easy to, to confuse the players mentally. But that's where Salah stepped in and we could see what Egypt did later on because i think they were very confident that if they get into the penalties the post-match penalties they might just take it you, you saw how they were very prepared for it you saw how the goalkeeper even had a bit of a hint on his water bottle for the penalty yeah. so they know they know exactly why they were pushing that much into the post-match penalties despite the pressure and despite the drama so kudos to salah and i can't wait to see uh how he will lead the team uh in the final the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
It's actually a really interesting story. That one with the bottle with the Cameroon penalty takers on. The guy actually is from Liverpool. He works in the Egyptian setup. So it's a guy from Liverpool helping a Liverpool player, you know, win a semi-final <laughs> penalty shootout. All this drama. We've not even mentioned Vincent Abubakar as well. I bet he's yeah. feeling very silly now. He flew through the press Ooh. area, didn't he? Silence from him after yeah. the game. So I, I think I think sometimes that's how you you respond to haters. You go to the pitch and 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 I think he brought the spotlight to himself, Abubakar, because now he was really marked. I think everyone <laughs> on that team were like, What did you say about Salah? What again? So you could see he was really marked and they didn't even give him a chance. Like he was trying all his best. And you could after the match, the frustration in his eyes, in his eyes, you'd actually see it because he just walked past. He's one of the four who talks too much <laughs> to the reporters. But after the match, he just, you know, he walked past. But I think for an African, you know, in an African setup, African football, we're trying to get there. We're trying to get to the European uh, level standards of football and you have other players saying this about the people who bring glory to the continent mm. uh it, it was a bit sad and and i know most people didn't support him for that you cannot ignore what salah has done when it comes to football on the continent you cannot ignore how many doors he has opened for the young ones on the continent you cannot even ignore how football has risen in egypt despite what egypt has gone through uh in the previous years uh when it comes to the political side you cannot ignore that same thing you cannot ignore what money has done for the african football so making such comments i think even if it's banter it was so unnecessary he would have just you know kept quiet said oh he's a good player we applaud him i can't wait to face him simple over and out i think that was a bit too much and a bit disrespectful but that is how how you address people who talk like that you go there you do your job and you show your leadership skills and you show you he didn't even have to take the fifth penalty that's how good egypt were he's he's the fifth penalty taker for the egyptian national team that is salah but he didn't have to take it in the semi-final because uh the rest of the team did it for him that's how hard uh they go when they know they have a good leader yeah you're absolutely spot on you mentioned there that they're trying to grow the game on the continent there's been a lot of changes recently within the caf hasn't there so I believe mm -hmm. the new president, Patrice Mosembe, you know, he's become president since was it 2019 he took office. Or I incorrect yeah. but um, yeah. it's been an amazing change since he's taken place, hasn't it? Especially during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know he took over uh, after uh, Ahmad. Ahmad, you know, he was caught up in, you know, some corruption charges here and there. Mm. Uh, misappropriation of fans and that is what has been affecting uh african football so much um i know africa has a lot of talent that's what they say when it comes to football the number of footballers even the ones who have not been given a chance you know uh, are so many and it's because of you know the institutions failing them day in day out so africans have always had this thing we want good leadership we want good governance and once a CAF president is elected, everyone is very curious. Everyone is on their seats. He's already judged, he gets, he or she will get judged from day one. And that's what, you know, Mosepe had to come in and start clearing that. It's still a bit new, like this is his first AFCON. It's, a, it's still a bit new for him, but you can see how he came in. And um, what is, there's, there's, there's of course good and bad, but the good has been, uh, has, over, uh, has overcome the bad. Let's talk about, um, the current AFCON, we've seen how the broadcasting rights were done. Before, the broadcasting rights had like middlemen, but this time around, uh, Africa governing body, they just, football governing body, they went ahead and they said, 
you will bid straight to us. There are no middlemen. I think that is a good way of cutting off the corruption, cutting off bad deals, cutting off uh, deals maybe they later regret. You know, you straight you apply straight to CAF and then they award you the right. So I think that, that is one thing that has happened and I am in total support. I've seen so many also, you know, sponsors on board, fun, they're trying to bring in the youth side and also to cater for the other side of the elder generation. Uh, the youth side, we've seen TikTok and also, you know, how the world has gotten crazy over crypto. So we've seen Binance on it. We've seen, you know, Ombro, the kit dealer, uh, they are there, they are working together. So just seeing all these new sponsors come on board uh, for this AFCON, which uh, even people just a few months ago were not sure if it's going to go on, you know, people are talking about you know taking it to another continent and all that, and um, but for it to come together, I think it is a step in the right direction. It's still new. Uh, we have the, the they are meeting soon. I think it's tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow about the African Super League. I'm not sure about the date, uh, but. Uh, as they're meeting about the African Super League, let's not forget the European Su Super League was rejected in Europe. So it's you, you understand. And yeah. uh, the new CAF president is is for having the African Super League. So I think the chairman and uh, ladies, uh, the officials from all these big clubs in Africa are going to Cameroon for that meeting. So we'll wait to see uh, what they say. But also, I love the requirements for the for 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 a club to participate in the African Super League you have to have an academy and you have to have a women's team. So I think that is good also for the promotion of the women's game mm. uh, when it comes to, to the continent because we have been lacking behind compared to our European partners. So it's it's he, he, he is on the right track. He's on the right track. So let's wait and see. Um, fingers crossed about this African Super League. It's supposed to, he has already announced the date. It's supposed to kick off uh, in uh, 2023, September 2023. He said if it was his a decision it would it would have actually kicked off this mm. year but uh, i think it will kick off in 20 september 2023 so um, let's see how the african clubs will say about that but i think most of them are for it the only club that are not i think the only club that wasn't for it were al ahli the egyptian champions and mm. also the african yeah. champions so let's see how that goes and um yeah so he's 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 there he he has come with all the you know the excitement i hope he maintains it but at the end of the day we have to i think he has to think about him and the other officials they have to think about the talent on the continent and how they will nurture that talent and how we can always have good governance because corruption has really killed african football the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo it's really interesting the african super league is a concert you know in europe it was completely rejected you know people were in uproar yeah. about it but it actually could be a really good thing for the continent growing the game in yeah. africa couldn't it especially with the academy and the women's game as you said it's a really brilliant idea from him but i'm going to move back to the football i believe it's his first afcon in office How, has it been a success yes yes he's first yes his first afcon in office and also for eto you know he just he, he got elected the other day uh as the cameroon fa president and you can imagine how it, it was a big deal for him. I think that's why he also wanted Cameroon to qual qualify for the final, just getting elected as AFA president, your country mm. hosts, you know, AFCON. And then what if Cameroon had gone to the final and won it? It would have been like three over three. Good, tick, hundred for him. Uh, but it didn't work out. So, but um, I think uh, one thing that surprised so many Africans, which was positive, was how uh, 
the stadiums looked like. So people are like impressed that Cameroon had set up such stadiums because also the lack of infrastructure is such a huge deal uh, when it comes to African football. So people are like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are almost there. But then there's also the question of how will they be maintained? Because those stadiums are very big. That is now after the Africa Cup of Nations. How will they be maintained? Because maintaining such big stadiums is very costly and very expensive. But maybe as Eto has just come in, he has a, he has a plan for that. Cameroon have a plan for that. So that's number one. So the stadiums were, were but also others, other stadiums, so the pitches were a bit... Hmm. You know, <laughs> you know, the standard of the pitch is not you're like, oh, you know, I, I I know those European club owners are like, oh my goodness, what if our players get hurt? Oh my god, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Africa, most most of these players where they started from, there were no pitches, it's just pure dust, as long as you can kick the ball. So, but all that, but the sad, I think the sad part is what happened. Um on the 24th of January, uh, when the stamp stampede happened in the Olympic Stadium. And uh, it's a bit confusing that also that, that stadium is the one that is going to be used for the final. Mm. Uh, but it's so sad, eight people lost their lives and, um, you know, 38 injured. And the people who lost their lives even included uh, children. Uh, there was a child in, who, who died. And, and that is sad. That is sad when you think about it. Those are things that are not supposed to be happening in 2022. Everything, uh, if you know this are the hosts and these people are passionate about their countries, they're passionate about seeing their national, you know, national team players want to, to go into the next round, I think they would have done better in terms of uh, organization they would have done better in terms of arranging and making sure security is there for people that is so sad uh, what happened i think that cast a very uh, dark shadow on african football uh, where you know the safety of people needs to come first despite everything so that there's been a good side and uh, not even a bad side that is a dark side and it's a dark cloud i hope uh calf when they sit down with other host countries because we're looking forward to ivory coast that is next year the next afcon i hope africa never gets to to go through such that was sad lose eight lives or oh may, may their souls rest in peace i hope something gets done so yeah but the stadium will be hosting the final between senegal and egypt a uh, terrible, terrible loss. You know, no one should ever go to a football game and not come back. And our thoughts really are with the families of those. Mm -hmm. Terrible, terrible story. But I'm going to bring it back now once again to the football itself. I'm going to ask you about a few questions about your teams. So which team has surprised you the most at AFCON 2022? So, of course, Senegal and Egypt uh, have been good. But uh, the team that surprised me the most was Burkina Faso. Uh, I know most people don't know this, but there's actually a coup that was going on in their country, and now there is a military takeover. But for, for these guys to actually just keep them moving to all the way to the semi-final, I think that that is a story by itself. That is beautiful. That is something hopeful even for, for the country itself. You know, you, you guys are going through this, you know, political military takeovers in Africa sometimes turn out to be very, very nasty. So many lives are lost. And, and these guys, they, despite not even knowing what is, okay, they, of course they were updated, but just, you know, not sure who's, who's in power, who's not in power. How will we go back home? What is happening? Are our families safe? But they still kept on pushing. I think that, that, that is amazing. And, um, and you, you could even see they were trying their best to, to come back 
uh, when when Senegal netted. If it was not for that last goal by Mane, I think mm. they were really trying all their best to 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 find an equalizer and push the game into extra time. And uh, that is the spirit of Africa. That is the spirit of not giving up, despite. Uh, tough conditions that sometimes go around us. We we keep we keep it moving. We keep we keep rising, and for me, they are my my team of the tournament. Yeah, it's an amazing story for Burkina Faso. An amazing game for them. Even in that Senegal game, I'm sure much like other Liverpool fans, I wanted Sadio Mane to win, but I found myself supporting Burkina Faso in the last mm -hmm. ten minutes, and it was so yeah. gutting when Mane. Well, obviously, I was delighted for Mane to race away and get that goal, but <laughs> yeah. no, for too, the Burkina Bay, too. it's so gutting for them. But Edmund taps over as well. What a player he is, by the way, for Burkina Faso. A brilliant centre back, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, and also I think what people need to understand uh, with Africa Cup of Nations, this is where most players who are not known, they always want to come here and show off their skills and have the world see what they can offer. And what one thing I like about the Africa Cup of Nations, it doesn't matter who you are. You, you saw how they made, made money uh, sweat. You've seen how some other teams have held off Salah. And you, you, you saw how 2019 champions, AFCON champions, they finished last in their group. That is Algeria. That is how crazy it is. You see how, you know, people think Ivory Coast will go ahead and out they were knocked out and you, you know the likes of mali those have been african giants since i was young but and that is the beauty of africa cup of nations because from this tournament you actually realize oh my goodness this this continent is blessed this continent has a lot of talent this continent has 50 more salas and 50 more monies you understand it's just that maybe that that their talent has not been discovered. So when they come for this tournament, they put everyone puts their life on the line. So that is the beauty of the Africa Cup of Nations because they know this is the only time the whole world is watching. Well, it's a continent blessed with talent. I'm going to have to give you one tricky question. Give me your player of the tournament. My player for the tournament, for me, it's Mane. It's 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 Mane. He's work rate. His work rate when it mattered the most has been has been amazing. I feel if if Mane wasn't in the match, Senegal would have struggled a bit. But you can see, for me, a player who falls back, and then a few minutes, just if I blink when I open my eyes, is at the front. For me, for me, that's that that's everything. His work rate is 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 top notch, and as as they say, both of them have a point to prove, and I think that's why the 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 final is between Salah and Mane. But for and me, who, Mane, Mane, yes, yes, Mane who, has. Who do you think will take the crown? <laughs> Yeah, Mane has a, it's the same way Guinea when they missed the services for Navigator, you saw how they struggled and they were knocked out and they were knocked out. But don't remember, in, in, like Keita during the group stage, he won man of the match twice. That's how much these players put themselves on the line. And then he was suspended in, in I think, a, a match that didn't matter. He was suspended, making him miss a very important round of 16 match. And that's how Guinea were knocked out. That's how what I see when it comes to money. When it matters the most, he knows how to step up and how to keep the team going. Yeah, it's really sad for Nabi Keita to go out in that way, you know, watching his team lose. But the final question, who's going to win tomorrow? Mane in Senegal or Salah in Egypt? Oh. <laughs> uh, wait, we start with that. You want the third place or the final? The final. Who do you think is going to win? I'll put you on the um, spot. <laughs> yeah, the final. The final. Oh, my goodness. This is hard. This is so hard. This is so hard. But if we go for how the teams have been performing, Senegal, and I know they are still, or nearly the whole team that was in 2019 is there for now. I know they are still, you know, reeling from that loss. 
against Algeria. So Senegal, but also Egypt are so smart on the pitch. They are so smart. It, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. It's for me as a Liverpool fan and as an African you know, football fan, I may the best man win. I've, I've really tried. I've really <laughs> gone through all the statistics and everything. Egypt are so smart. They know how to move. They know when it matters the most. They know how to defend. They know how to move. They know when to 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 run and, and score goals. Senegal, on the other hand, have had a, from group stage all the way, they have had a very good run. <sighs> it's hard. It's hard. Let me just leave it like that. Yeah. It's one of those ones team. where Senegal probably are the best team, but I've just got a feeling that Egypt is yes. just going to sneak it because they've sneaked it all tournament, haven't they? And I can just see them sell a last minute goal. But Sean, we will definitely wait and see what happens. Thank you so much for joining me today. A brilliant insight on football thank and the continent. You. And thank you to everyone for watching and listening along as well. We'll bring you the coverage of the AFCON final right here on the Blood Red YouTube channel and the Liverpool Echo website, Facebook and Twitter. So keep your eyes peeled. But until Sunday evening, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.